wrestling fans of all ages, shapes, sizes, genders, and everything in between. It is time to go to war and be the cure for the Common Wrestling Podcast. Welcome to the revolution. Buzz, buzz, guys. My name is Kate Murphy. What's going on, everybody? This is Will Tarashek, the founder of the Kings of the Rings podcast. What's going on, guys? It is I, the one and only Quiet Riot himself, Zach, your host of the Young Lions Perspective. What's up, guys? This is the Monday Night Delight. Greetings, one and all. This is your Prime Minister speaking, your favorite Canadian Mr. Fretz. Hey, what's up, you guys? This is Nate the Effing Great from the Game Changer Podcast. If you're looking for a network that keeps wrestling real, then you've come to the right place because you're listening to you are listening. To you are listening to you are listening. Then you are listening. Get ready for a war because you're listening to what is going on, everybody. This is King Ricky Rose, your general manager, and you are listening to Wrestle Addict Radio. Now enjoy the show. Are you ready? From the Gift of Podcast Studios, it's The Delight Show, and here's your host, Matt Chapel. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much for being here. My name is Matt Chapel, the Monday Night Delight and welcome to the delight show. It has been a week since we've talked to each other, and um, that's just too damn long. Thank you for being here. Let's talk about life for a second. As you may or may not know, I can't remember if I've talked about it here. About three weeks ago, I lost my job. I'm no longer a librarian. Um, it is what it is. You move forward. I have a new job starting this coming week. Hopefully, I take my uh, state licensing exam for state uh, for health insurance tomorrow and um so positive energy and vibes be great there but what i'm saying is uh i'm gonna be very busy starting these next couple weeks so what you're gonna hear for the next probably four to six weeks is a franken show over this next week between when i take my licensing test and when i start the job uh, I'm going to be watching and recording as many TNA Impact reviews and pay-per-view reviews as possible so that I can just drop them into this show when the time comes. Uh, the first parts of the show for the next few weeks will all be regular AW reviews, Deadly Draw reviews, starting right at, you know, fresh every week. All the wrestling news will be there. Um, after that will be the, the parts of the show that I pre-record over the next week. Doing that will allow me time to give you a proper delight show without really, really stressing what little time I already have, um, with starting a new job. Starting a new job, especially this caliber is pretty, uh, is pretty intense. And so I wanted to just be honest with you all. If in the next few weeks you notice that I seem to be oblivious to the wrestling world in the second half of the show, that's why. Um, that being said, let's get into the wrestling this week. We'll start with uh, AEW Dynamite. Of course, I'm not going to run run it down top to bottom. I'll just give you some thoughts of, what, of the big moments of the show. Because by this point, you've already heard uh, all, the, uh, all there is to know. Let's talk about AEW Dynamite, though. We started off with this 12-man tag match. Brody Lee, Colt Cabana, Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, 5 and 9, representing the Dark Order, versus the Young Bucks, the tag team champions Kenny Omega and Hangman Page, they need a name, and FTR. Um, I was not the biggest fan of this match. 
for the first half. Um, it seems like people loved it. And don't get me wrong, it was an impressive spectacle, but it really was just a video game. Uh, the way I like to describe it, it's video game match. These guys are in there and they're all hitting their, uh, they've all started with preset finishers and they're just going. There's, oh, we're going to do this move here, we're going to do this move here, and there's no story to it. And then one of the revival, I believe it is the revival with hair, whose name is not uh, Scott Dawson, or maybe Scott Dawson doesn't have hair. Cash Wheeler, Dash. Okay, listen, listen, listen. I once got accused of being racist on this show because I only ever referred to the Usos as Uso A and Uso B. Well, I want to point out, I don't know the difference between any member of uh, any tag team half the time. Um, so, you know, I, I can tell the difference between Hangman Page and Kenny Omega somehow. But FTR are FTR 1 and FTR 2, or possibly bald FTR and haired FTR. Um, I love, love the Dark Order for just numbering their guys so I can do that. One, two, three, etc., etc. Um, yes, Usos are A and B. And if you listen to these these Impact reviews I've been doing, it's dark-haired natural and blonde natural. So don't come at me with, oh, he's racist. I'm not racist. I don't see anybody in a tag team unless they're the, you know, biggest star in the world or member of the best live match I've ever seen, like Hangman Page. So don't come at me with that. I'm not racist. I'm just stupid. Okay? All right? Um, what was I talking about? Oh, FTR. Yeah. Um, FTR with hair or FTR without hair? I can't remember. Blows out their knee. Kayfabe. He's, he's fine. And Kenny, uh, not Kenny Omega, Hangman Page and the other FTR, they carry him out to the back, leaving the Bucks and Omega to fight six dudes on their own. And for a little bit they're able to do it and it's really kind of cool. Hey, we got a story now. They're they're in the they're 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 in the the not the wrong, but they're in the lesser part of the match. They're they're in the smaller team. They're in trouble. Um and they do eventually get in trouble and then Hangman Page returns like the cowboy hero he is, returns to the ring, gets the hot tag, runs rough shot against Everybody in the Dark Order except for Mr. Brody Lee. Um, he's about to hit the buckshot lariat. No, excuse me. About to hit the... the uh... Yeah, he's about to hit the buckshot lariat. And he gets a big boot from Brody Lee. He's going to go for the last call. Lee hits him with the discus lariat. And Brody Lee pins Hangman Page to win the match for the Dark Order. First half of this match, not so great. Second half, I like the story a lot. So, um, good. Good stuff there. Uh, I something I do hate. I hate that the best friends gimmick is oh we can't afford our own car, so we show up in Trent's mom's van, and it's supposed to be the coolest thing in the world. I drive a van, okay? It's not cool. I drove a van to New Orleans for WrestleMania two years ago, and yes, it became the party van for Supercard that one night. Me and Aunt and Kim and L.A. and Colin. That wasn't terrible, but at the same time, I was supposed to have a tiny little sports car, and I much rather would have had that. And granted, we would have all had to, you know, cram into my car. But it's not the point. Vans are not that cool. They just aren't. Uh, Moxley has a promo. Says he likes Darby Allen, but if he has to, he'll kill him. He just hopes he doesn't have to kill him. <clears throat> uh, the best friends beat Santana or, uh, and Ortiz in a fluke pin. Uh, didn't care for that too much. MJF is backstage in his campaign headquarters. He's campaigning to be the world heavyweight champion. Um, and he starts just 
firing and attacking all of his people for giving him bad numbers, for hanging things, for hanging, hanging posters crooked. Um, and yeah, that's that's about it. Uh, there is one interesting fact that does play in later. The camera operator asks, you know, he goes on and on about Moxley for a long time. And then Kevin says, well, what if Darby Allen wins the title tonight? And MJF kind of lights up and says, yeah, it would be a real shame if I had to fight the 125-pound emo kid for the title instead of the crazed psychopath John Moxley. Kind of buried Darby Allen. Say, like, oh, yeah, I can beat Darby Allen. Easy. I can't beat John Moxley. Okay, this segment. This segment is has been talked about a lot, and I'm going to give just a few thoughts on it. Matt Hardy is in the ring for a promo. He... Uh, Says he wanted to get back to the younger talent when he came to AEW. Said that um, you may see a little less broken Matt, a little less of the five personalities, a little more Matt, or excuse me, Matthew Hardy. Um, he, you know, he took private party under his He said private party reminded him a lot of himself and Jeff when they were young. And I'm thinking only because you all wore outlandish clothing and did flips this is the only thing I can think of that might be similar to the old school Hardy Boys and the current private party. But okay, that's fine. Um, he said he made the same offer to Sammy Guevara. Sammy said, nah, I'm going to go with Chris Jericho. And now he no longer wants to help Sammy. He wants to hurt Sammy. Sammy runs in. They have a brawl. Hardy takes him to the outside, sets up a table. And then Sammy Guevara grabs uh, a, a chair and hurls it at Matt Hardy and splits Matt Hardy's forehead open from eyebrow to eyebrow, just right across. And Matt's pouring blood. Sammy hits the dive off the stage, puts Matt through the table, and then we get a picture of Matt, and he is just, I mean, blood from hairline to nipples, pretty much. He is bleeding a a gusher. And it sounds like what happened here was a little bit of an accident, that Sammy grabbed the wrong chair. Instead of grabbing the standard wrestling folding chair, he grabbed the fancy timekeeper heavy folding chair couldn't get it folded and threw it at matt matt who was unexpecting this huge chair did not get his hands up enough to block it it does not hit his eye it hits him in the forehead but it does cut him uh clean open here's the problem with that even if it was a not even if it was supposed to be the gimmick chair sammy threw that with such a reckless abandon that i mean he just hurled it at Matt Hardy's face. Does Sammy Guevara know that wrestling is fake? Because it does not appear so. Um, apparently there's some angry guys backstage with Sammy, but there's no real heat, you know? Um, I, if I was Matt, I would use this as a way to start some some new character work. He can no longer control these transitions between the personalities. So in his... You know, it would be hard to do in the ring, but in his backstage promos and in his packages, um, he just constantly switches between Money Matt Hardy V1 or excuse me V2, uh, broken. I would love to see that. Use it for the best of uh, of your ability, but this just really came off looking like Sam McVeigh didn't know what he was doing as a wrestler. Uh, Santana Ortiz destroyed uh, Sue's van. That'd be Trent's mom's van. I did not care about this. I didn't. Matt Cardona and Cody versus Alex Reynolds and John Silver. Um, they they did everything right here. Cody got injured, quote unquote, early. Matt Cardona had to carry the weight of the match, and in the end, uh, 
he beat up John Silver and Alex Jones on his own, hit the radio silence, which used to be the Rough Rider, and made the pin. Um, I will say this, and maybe it's because it's been bred into me over the past 15 years in WWE, seeing Zack Ryder and Matt Cardona actually pin somebody on national TV, that was pretty wild. Um, he looks good. He's huge. He's really tan. Matt Cardona might have something here, honestly, at All Out, or maybe even before that. I could see Matt Cardona beating Cody for the TNT title. Um, not bad there. Uh, ah, we, we don't, I won't worry about the little ones. The AEW Super Wednesday 2020 debate between Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho. They bring out Eric Bischoff. Bischoff looks old, which is sad. But, you know, it is Eric Bischoff. Um, but he isn't playing smarmy Eric Bischoff until the very, very end. Uh, Cassidy enters first. He's wearing his uh, Canadian tuxedo. Comes to the ring. Uh, Jericho comes out wearing a fantastic jacket. He also comes out with Jake Hager. Hager's bringing the orange jacket that is, in fact, getting oranger by the week. Bischoff asks five questions. Why do Jericho and, and Orange Cassidy hate each other so much? Jericho answers first. Uh, first, he rips on Orange Cassidy for not dressing up for the debate. Orange Cassidy pulls out a clip on tie, puts it on. Beautiful, beautiful joke. Um, Jericho says that Orange Cassidy is a flash in the pan and will be out of here in no time. Second question, who is the big... Oh, and Orange Cassidy, of course, says nothing. Second question, who's the bigger star and who's the better wrestler? Jericho says that he's won 50 titles. The only title that Cassidy's won is biggest slacker in high school. Uh, Jericho said if he'd gone to the same high school, he'd have stuffed Cassidy in a locker, stolen his money, and his girlfriend, which would have been weird because Jericho would have been old enough to be a teacher. But, you know, we let that go. Uh, Orange Cassidy does nothing. Third question uh, asks about rising sea levels. Jericho blows it off says, this is not a, this is a wrestling debate. This is not an actual debate debate. Orange Cassidy, though, pulls over the microphone and speaks for a good two minutes on rising uh, sea levels and climate change and ways that we can fix it. It's very eloquent, and the people, and granted the people, our wrestlers and a few fans, go crazy, including Eric Bischoff. It's a great, it's a great joke. I love it so much. Fourth question, why is Orange Cassidy so popular? Jericho said that Ka uh, Cassidy is the epitome of the modern wrestling fan. Lazy, wants the most out of very little, and he's a pimple on the ass of professional wrestling, and he's going to pop him next week. That's, that's gross. Um... The uh, Cassidy says nothing. And the fifth question is, why is this rematch so important to both men? Jericho starts to answer, but but Orange Cassidy just goes, Chris, Chris, and interrupts him. And he says he knows what Jericho's doing. He's challenging a guy who doesn't talk to a debate. Ha ha, you want to humiliate me? You want to look great? But I'm not humiliated. And next week is the biggest match of my life, the biggest match of your life. And imagine what's going to happen if you lose to the guy who keeps his hands in his pocket. Bischoff says, you know what? Orange Cassidy's the winner of this debate. And Jericho says, Bischoff, I haven't liked you for 22 years. And Bischoff, finally becoming Easy e that we wanted him to be, he goes, it's been 24 years and the feeling's mutual. And he storms off. Jericho says, I'm going to kick the shit out of you next week. But right now, I'm going to kick the shit out of you. All right, right. But actually, I'm going to kick the shit out of you right now. Get him, Jake. And Hager attacks uh, Casty. Put They put the boots to, uh, to Orange. They leave him laying. Eventually, the best friends run out. But, of course, they've been preoccupied with Sue's freaking van. Um, good segment. Best part of the whole show. It's kind of saved the show there. 
Tony Schiavone is back is with Britt Baker. He asks who Britt Baker shows in the face Swole. Swole says it's Reba. Swole beats Reba in 15 seconds. I am tired. Tired of AEW's mistreatment of their women's division. Okay? You have some good talent. You have some bad talent too, but you have some good talent. You could put six girls out there every week. You could do a women's tag and a women's match every week on this show. And you know, this was a squash match. And I understand you had a debate and you but I look back at these matches. Did you really have to get eight different members of the Dark Order? And one of them couldn't be Anna J onto this show. Did you really have to have best friends versus Ortiz just to set up the the spot with the van so that the best friends couldn't save Orange Cassidy? You in the course of this show, you had eight members of the Dark Order. You had all the members of the elite, FTR, all the members of the inner circle, and you can't find more than 15 seconds for your women's division. I really, really hate what they're doing with their women's division. And it has, it, for a while, it's just been a lingering, you know, they could do better. They could, No, now it's active. They've got to do better. And they're not. And I don't see them doing better. And that sucks. Um, if you're like me, please, you'll. You don't have to tweet directly at at uh, Cody saying, "Hey, do better with your women's division," but it might help. And again, Cody's not not the head guy in charge there, but Cody could make a lot of difference. And th- and I don't want to get into the whole heels thing that happened this past week with Brandy Rhodes. It wasn't handled well by fans or by Brandy, but we're going to move on from that. We want decent quality women's wrestling on your television show on TV, not on Dark, on your YouTube show, not on the Deadly Draw show. On national TV, you have a lot of women's wrestlers that could do some good, and you will not put them on TV. And that is, I don't care if you're waiting for Britt Baker, you have a lot of people you could work with. Fix it. Next week's match, which is tonight's, uh, Jericho versus Orange Cassidy in a uh, $7,000 obligation match. It's also, I believe, Tag Team Appreciation Night. It is Tag Team Appreciation Night. Um, We're going to get... Omega and Page versus Luchasaurus from Jungle Boy in a non-title match. Grayson and Evil Uno versus the Young Bucks. Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, The Rock and Roll Express will all be here. We got Scorpio Sky versus Cody for the TNT title. Um, it might be time for this new Horseman thing to pop off. Don't know yet. We'll find out. And then lastly, um, AEW World Championship match. John Moxley versus Darby Allin. I'm in the minority as I hate this match. You know, I... I I get the ideas. Oh well, you know, Darby Allen will do anything to be the, t- the champion. He won't stop. He won't give up. And Moxley's eventually going to have to kill him. That's not a terrible story. The part I hate the most is right in the middle. Well, actually, not the middle. The last four or five minutes of the match, Wardlow distracts the ref. MJF jumps in, clobbers, clobbers John Moxley with the title belt because. John Moxley is a real threat to MJF, and Darby Allen is not. Darby Allen is a 125 emo kid weakling. What we don't need Darby Allen here. Blah blah blah. You know, Darby Allen's nothing to worry about. Darby Allen did not see the the belt hit, but sees his opportunity. Runs up, hits the coffin drop, his main finisher, and Moxley kicks out after you know he's bloodied, been hit with the belt, and hit with a finishing move, and he still kicks out. Buries Darby Allen. Then Moxley, you know, Darby Allen gets a small amount of hope spots here, but Dar- but then Moxley just, uh, when when Darby goes for the coffin drop, he 
takes the full effect of the coffin drop. That's what I hate the most. Darby counter uh, Moxley car Moxley counters Darby's coffin drop. That's what I was trying to say uh, by letting him hit the coffin drop on him and then locking in his uh, his choke. And that's that's no good because Dar- uh, Moxley took two coffin drops and showed no ill effects from it. Um, Moxley hits a guy stop pile driver. Darby kicks out of that, and then Moxley hits the paradigm shift and pins Darby Allen. I uh, I didn't I didn't like it. I didn't. I mean, the, what bell the bell? Yes, yeah, pretty good storyline. It buries Darby Allen. Yes, he took all this abuse from from Moxley and survived until he didn't. So no, I didn't. I didn't care for the end of this match. I really, really didn't. Uh, that's your AW Dynamite report. Let's talk before we go to the break about the AW Deadly Draw Women's Tag Team Cup Tournament. Um, first round again, we got uh, Leva Bates pulls her chip and she matches with Rache Chanel. Who the hell is Rache Chanel? Uh, no clue who this woman was. Still don't. Big Swole uh, uh, pulls her ship and she pulls, uh, was it Nicole Savoy? But they're calling her Lil Swole. Fine. You know what? The Swole family, Lil Swole, Big Swole, I, that was okay. This match, not too bad, though. Um, Rashi Chanel was competent, even though I didn't know who she was. Leva Bates, uh, if you don't know, I'm Loki in love with Leva Bates. Um, so there's that. Uh, I also I also love Big Swole quite a bit. Um, but this match was was done really well. Uh, and for for once, there were baby faces in one of these matches, uh, which which was good because if you remember last week there were no baby faces on the Deadly Draw whatsoever. Uh, Chanel and Lil Swole started out. They put over that. Uh, Lil Swole was a very solid technical wrestler. We saw that pretty quick. Chanel uh, and, and Leva could not really get along. And it looked like they were... Um, it did make them look a little weak against the Swoles. But if you want to big, build up the Swoles as this monster babyface team, you got to do that with some some gimmicky heels. And as much as I love Leva and as much as I don't know who Rache Chanel is, they are definitely gimmicky heels. Leva the librarian and Rache the... Really fancy rodeo drive looking female. You, if you know if you know what that means, I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say there. Um, eventually, though, um, Big Swole got a hot tag into the match. She hit. She had a visual pinfall on Bates for a while. She now broke it up. Um, the Swoles hit a combination flatliner blockbuster on Leva to win the match. Ivelisse backstage uh, pulls her chip and she pulls Diamante. They seem to be happy about this. I thought there'd be more tension, but hey, great. People who are happy to tag together. Uh, And then Medusa shows up and says, says, hey, you got to pull your chip because you're in the tournament. And Dash is like, I'm in the tournament? And she seems happy, but it also seems like, what the hell am I supposed to do in this tournament? But luckily, luckily, Dasha, who had no idea she was wrestling in, in a match later that day, had brought wrestling gear to the ring. Been wrestling great. Uh, she teams with Rachel Ellering, who I was thrilled to see. Um, so we get Ivelisse and Diamante versus Rachel Ellering and Dasha. Dasha, perfectly fine. Not a bad wrestler. Not a great wrestler, but not a bad wrestler. Um, 
Ivelisse and Diamante, though, were just outclassing Dasha left, right, and sideways. Rachel Ellering is fantastic, and if they don't sign Rachel Ellering, I don't know what they're doing. Um, Eventually, though, uh, it was Diamante who dumped Ellering out of the ring. Ivelisse hits the running Yoshitonic on Dasha for the win. Um, and, And the right team moves on here. Uh, the right team moved on in both matches this week. I think the only wrong team that moved on... Hi, Truck. The only wrong... Hi, Truck. The only wrong team that uh, moved on this whole tournament was was Brandy and Allie. Let's just be real honest. Um, way better than the first week. Not too bad. I'm okay with it. Uh, next week, the semifinals, it'd be Big Swole and Little Swole versus the Nightmare Sisters. Please let Big Swole and Little Swole win. Um, and then Ivelisse and Diamante versus Tay and Anna J. Uh, if I had to guess, our finals though were going to be the Nightmare Sisters versus uh, Ivelisse and Diamante, um, which is stupid. You should be, should really set us up where it would have been Nightmare Sisters versus the Swole family. But all right, that's what it is. The Deadly Draw Tournament is what it is. We're going to take a quick break. Be right back with the Retro Impact review. What's going on, everybody? This is King Ricky Rose of the Kings of the Rings podcast. More importantly, I am your general manager here at WrestleAttic Radio. And if you like what you listen to each and every week on this podcast stream, I think you'll enjoy all the bonus content that we have on our Patreon page, where for just $5 a month, no tears, just one small payment of $5 a month, you get exclusive access to all of our bonus Patreon shows from everybody within the Wrestle Attic Radio Network. On top of that, you'll get exclusive access to us via a Patreon chat where you can talk about different ideas, different things you want to see in our shows, and potentially even be a guest on one of our shows. So that's something that you are interested in being a part of, a wrestling community that keeps wrestling real. Go to patreon.com backslash WrestleAttic Radio and click subscribe. Now enjoy the rest of the show. Hi friends, I'm your HBIC, the Kate Murphy. Are you tired, run down, listless? Do you poop out of parties? Are you unpopular? The answer to all your problems is right on your smartphone. Kings of the Rings podcast. Kings of the Rings podcast contains everything happening on WWE, NXT, Impact Wrestling, New Japan, AEW. Brought to you by King Ricky Rose, our founder Willie T, and me. So why don't you join the thousands of happy peppy people and get a great big helping of Kings of the Rings podcast today. I'll tell you what you have to do. You have to pick up your phone, choose your favorite streaming app, subscribe to Wrestle Addict Radio, and press play. That's Kings of the Rings podcast here on Wrestle Addict Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast. Do you guys like the randomness of just random questions as well as random jokes that only one person would get? I know I do. Do you like random random video game and Simpsons references that only one person would get? I know I do. <laughs> hey, I'm Nate. I'm Fretz. And listening into the Game Changer podcast is probably your cup of tea, where we talk about things wrestling. And some things not wrestling. Wait, wait, I thought it was only purely wrestling. Dude, you know me. I often break out in random references. We talked about this. I do, I did not agree to talk about this. What are you yeah, talking yeah, yeah, about? Yes, we, you yes, know, we you did do this do. every single time, and every oh. single time. Damn it, we only got 15 more seconds. Up, up. Oh. Be sure to listen in to our episodes every single week on Wrestle Attic Radio. The cure for the common wrestling podcast. Or not so much. Come on, bro! What do you want me to do? I'm an American! 
It's a delight. It's a delight. This is Will Tarashock from the Kings of Rings podcast. And you are listening to the Delight Show on Wrestle Addict Radio. Honest to God, I had no idea what Will's drop for the show was till just now. Um, hey, we're back. <laughs> that, I, that was not what I was expecting when I uploaded that uh, that drop. But hey, it's great. We're back. Let's get into the Retro Impact Review. TNA Impact, November 2nd. 2006 recap video of the reverse battle royal from last week and i didn't need to see that again ever recap of samojo and angles fight and pull apart uh don and mike introduce us to the show they run down the fight for the right uh matches for the night it's going to be lance hoyt versus uh truth not our truth not ron killings just truth daniels versus bobby rude and christopher styles versus alex uh not alex saban and not chris aj styles versus chris saban jeez uh, Saban's backstage calling out Jerry Lynn say, uh, for saying he's not focused. Uh, says he says that Lynn got in his face and that Lynn may have been the creator of the X Division, but he's he's the new face of it. AJ Styles gets in his face and says, You need to show some respect. Um, they cut to an hour later, and I have to ask, When was this actually taped? Because I thought that was this on Explosion? Was this last week after the match? But apparently it was just earlier in the day they were doing random promos um, and AJ got up in Saban's face. Saban gets in AJ's face the next promo and says, hey, if you want to go, we'll go. Uh, And Saban says, I'll put this X Division title on the line. So that's what he does. Uh, Then we get the opening video to Impact. Uh, Coming back from the opening video, X Division Championship match, AJ Styles versus Chris Saban. AJ looks way better in 2006 than he does now with his soccer mom hair and huge AJ uh, tattoo and no gloves. AJ looks better here. He's also younger and not as damaged, so he flies a whole lot better. Um, But saying all that about AJ flying, he locks in a double leg to start the match. They do the ECW cat fight spot where they just roll around in the ring for a second. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Uh, And I realized quickly after that, though, this is going to be one of those hot person matches I talked about where, you know, it's fun to look at, but who cares? Uh, and, and that's what it was. It's a bunch of flips. It's a bunch of kicks, some near falls. Not bad. There's nothing wrong with it whatsoever. Um, two things I noticed as it was happening, the canvas of the mat seems really, really loose. And that seems like a problem. And I'm wondering if in the next couple episodes, cause they taped three or four in a couple days, um, we see something like somebody comes through the ring or something. So that's why it's loose. Otherwise, it's just kind of dangerous and half and half-assed. Um, this very quickly becomes an announcer talking about something else. Match. Well, they start talking about the cage, the Christian Cage Rhino Barbar cage match on the primetime show in a couple weeks. Uh, AJ does actually hit a phenomenal forearm, but it's not the finish. It's just a move. Saban escapes the Styles Clash, goes for his own move, but uh, AJ reverses it into a roll-up and wins the uh, X Division title. It really makes Chris Saban look uh, to be a geek. They have put so much emphasis on proving to Jerry Lynn that he wasn't just some unfocused geek, that he was a serious wrestler. And eight days, or I guess 11 days after he wins the title from uh, Sinshi, he loses it here to AJ Styles. And to be fair, considering they usually tape the, you know, they had the pay-per-view that Sunday, they probably would have taped this the Tuesday or Wednesday that week. He was exhibition champion for like three days. So what a geek Chris Saban turned out to be. 
this was also a fight for the right tournament match. Uh, they said at the beginning of the show I had not remembered, and it didn't seem to bother the uh, announcers enough to bring up until at least four minutes into this six-minute match. So AJ advances on to a triple threat that... Uh, if I get this correct, the three winners tonight will have a triple threat next week. The winner of that match will take on Abyss, who skipped all the way to the finals by winning the Battle Royal nonsense last week. Um, so AJ moves on to that match at this point. We get an interview with Sting. Sting says that Jared is dealing with some private issues. That would, of course, be the illness of his wife. He wishes Jared the best. He gives thanks to God for for his own successes. Uh, and then he kneels down to pray. I have no problem with that, but he's praying at a pew. And if you're not a religious person, you're not a church person, you don't pray at a pew, especially not facing a pew. You, you pray facing the altar. Uh, and it's, is it pedantic a little bit, but I'm going to go into it anyway. When you, it, it almost symbolizes praying to the church instead of praying to God. And if you know, where I come from, uh, formerly in ministry, how I got out of ministry, it was a whole lot of people worshiping the church, worshiping their own, you know, their own wants, their own comfort versus worshiping what God actually said. And when I was saying what God, when I was standing up for what I believe God was actually saying, and it was going against what the church was kind of saying, he got real upset with me. And that's kind of why I'm here instead of, you know, that's why I'm taking an insurance test tomorrow instead of working in the church, but it is what it is. Um, I could go into this a lot, and sometimes I really, really want to. But we'll 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 swing back around to wrestling right now. You know, if we want to talk uh, religion one day, I may have to start a whole other show for that. Backstage segment with JB with uh, Truth and Lance Hoyt. Truth says he wants to be the champion again. Lance Hoyt says he wants to be the champion for the first time. They agree that they'll remain friends after the match. Uh, And for some reason, Truth says the words "is fat back greasy." And I think you're saying, of course, we'll still remain friends. But I, with truth, you never really know when he says these things. Um, Eric Young shows up after they leave, says he's looking for Jeff Jarrett. Jeremy Boris informs him that Jeff Jarrett is not here. Um, we have Truth versus Lance Hoyt. We really, really had that shot between SoCal Val's legs once again of the entrance ramp. And this one is a proper upskirt shot. Well done, TNA, because this time we saw underpants. Last week we saw legs. This week we saw underpants. Is it really that necessary to to get a look under this woman's very short skirt as it is? I, I, this really is skeevy to me. It really is. And maybe when I was 19 and watching the show, I was like, hey, legs. But I have been with women since then. And and I don't need to be shown the inside of, of SoCal Val's thighs every week. Thank you. Truth uh, apparently has the same music as he does in WWE. And then I realized, oh, well, he wrote the song. That makes sense. Um, they start this match with a series of roll-ups. That is exactly how you start a, a tournament match for the world title. There are cars everywhere outside right now. Hope you can't hear that. Um, Lance Hoyt's lower back tattoo is terrible. It's either some sort of motorcycle or possibly a unicorn. Uh, Truth pins Hoyt in, about, in less than three minutes with the lie detector and the axe kit. And if you wonder why I talked about tattoos and SoCal Val and music the whole time, it's because this match was boring as all. Get out. Uh, I will say this though. Truth is great. And it's a shame 
what they're doing with him in WWE. If he can still move, and granted, it's 15 years later, I understand that, but if he can still move half as well as he did in this match, he should be in contention for one of the major titles, not the 24-7 joke belt, but, you know, the IC title or the U.S. title. Maybe even give him another program for one of the world titles. And I, I, I know we tried that with Cena in Capital Punishment, but that was 10 years ago. Let's try it again now, see what happens. He doesn't have to win, but maybe be nice for him to win. Uh, as soon as the match ends, though, the James Gang comes out. BG shakes Truth's hand. Uh, he says that 10 years ago, they got hired by a couple of fake champions uh, who needed someone to do the work for them. And I'm thinking, he's, he, he fake champions. He's talking about Hunter and Shawn Michaels. He's, he's talking about Hunter and Shawn Michaels. Uh, says that TNA is also dropping the ball with him and Kip. Well, I mean, that I believe. Uh, says that he... And Kip are done with TNA and they're going to walk out. Kip keeps trying to say something about TNA and Spike on the microphone, but they keep cutting his mic. He takes Don West's head, headset. They cut that too. He gets up on the stage and tries to yell it so that the ambient sound will pick it up and they fade to black. I feel like this is way too early to be leading to the VKM, the Voodoo Ken Mafia, but I know that next year, maybe not. You know, next year, is the women's breakout in uh, in TNA, and they'll have Roxy, so the Voodoo Kid Mafia could be coming up pretty quick. This just seemed uh, this seemed weird and out of place, and just kind of shoved in there. Robert Roode versus Christopher Daniels in their fight for the right tournament. They come out with Tracy Brooks. Tracy Brooks, a beautiful woman. I mean, hello, um, tall, and I mean, tall is nice. Uh, She's a beautiful woman, and she's in most of a tuxedo. She seemed to have forgotten the sleeves, though. She got the cuffs on like she's a like a Chris Farley Chippendale dancer. Um, Daniel's head is still bandaged up from the fork spot at the pay-per-view because this was only two days later. They have a decent match. They brawl the outside. Tracy Brooks tries to get involved, and Daniel's, who is the babyface, slaps her in the face. I need that. That was great. Thanks for that, Christopher Daniels. Uh, Daniel's... Uh, Reverses some sort of powerbomb into a Death Valley driver, hits the BME, but Tracy Brooks this time actually does distract the ref. Rude hits the payoff, which is actually a crossroads, and wins the match. Uh, Tracy Brooks gets in the ring. I don't know if she's going to attack Christopher Daniels or give him a lap dance because the position she got in, she could have done either. Uh, AJ makes the save. Uh, this upsets Daniels. He thinks that, that AJ uh, is too focused on the X Division title to save him. Uh, or he's mad that he didn't get a lap dance. I can't really tell, but that is, that's not the point. The point is there's frustration and there is tension between the former tag team champions, Christian cage versus Rhino in a four pole weapon escape match where the match won't end until all the things on the poles have been claimed. Hello, Vince Russo. It is good to see you again. Uh, apparently, whatever weapons they claim or whatever escape methods they claim, they can bring into the barbed wire cage match on the primetime show in a couple weeks. We're going to talk about that stipulation at the end of this match. Let's just get into it. They fight in the aisle before they even get to the ring. Uh, Rhino's trying to choke out Christian Cage with his own coat. This very, very much feels like the 49ers match from uh, from WCW. You, if you remember that one, that's the one where the boxes were on poles and Jarrett and Booker fought to open the boxes. And in each box was either a we weapon, quote unquote, or the world title. And whichever one you opened, you 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 got you got what was inside. And there was a coal miner's glove, which is a classic wrestling weapon, except it was just a workman's glove. There was a blow up doll, which is not a weapon. There, excuse me. <coughs> Brr, 
Sorry. COVID. Not that's a joke. Uh, that's a bad joke. I apologize. I don't have I don't have COVID. I have seasonal allergies. Um what was they? Oh, there's a blow-up doll, which is not a weapon. Uh, and then there was, of course, uh, a picture of Scott Hall before eventually Booker got the title belt. And actually, technically, Dave Penzer was the first person to get the belt. So Dave Penzer should have been a WCW world champion, but he wasn't. And But I wouldn't have put it past him. What was I saying? This match was just like that, except it was weapons that we actually see what they were. In the four corners, you had a straight jacket because Christian keeps trying to put Rhino in a straight jacket, I guess. Um, there was a key to the door of the cage, a pair of bolt cutters to cut the barbed wire from the top of the cage and a steel chair. Um, this is not an elegant match. I don't know that Rhino does elegant very well. This is a match. They, they brawl, um, after a commercial, Rhino has a table. He sets up in the corner. Um, oh, before the commercial, he manages to get up. He claims the key and he claims the straight jacket during the commercial. Uh, Christian dodges a gore. Uh, Rhino manages not to hit the table. Christian claims the bolt cutter so he can cut the barbed wire so that he can get out. Or, I guess in theory, he could cut the lock on the door and just get out that way. I wonder if I'm spoiling the match for myself by thinking that. Because I don't remember this. Doesn't matter. Um, Maverick Matt runs down. He attacks Rhino. Christian claims the chair. Now, that ends the match. The match is over. Rhino dodges the chair, gives Christian a gore. Um, Rhino manhandles Christian into the straitjacket. This takes a couple of minutes, and Maverick Matt is apparently just dead. There's also a major... They cut to the crowd and cut back to, to Rhino and Christian, and Christian's just in the straitjacket. So it looks like Rhino was able to put this straitjacket completely on Christian in about three seconds. Uh, Rhino grabs the chair. We'll get to that in a second. Um, and Kaz runs down to... Uh, to join Maverick Matt in attacking Rhino while Christian escapes in the in the jacket up the ramp. Um, apparently the straight jacket has rendered Christian's legs useless because he crawls without arms up the ramp. Rhino gores Matt. Rhino gores Cass through the table. That's how Impact goes off the air. And I have questions. In this match that we're going to have next couple weeks, is Rhino allowed to use the chair? Or is Rhino, if Rhino uses a chair, is he immediately disqualified from the match. Is Christian allowed to use the key to the door? And if not, is Christian immediately disqualified if he tries to open the lock with the key? Can he cut the lock off the door? Can he cut a hole in the side of the cage and just climb out? I need answers, and Vince Russo never thinks about the answers. TNA never thinks about the answers. This is just stupid all the way around, and I kind of love getting into this. I'll find out a lot sooner than I think because I'm going to start watching these shows pretty, pretty soon. Uh, We're going to knock out, like I said, the next four uh, pre-tapes, there's a two-hour one coming up. I'm going until we get to the two-hour um, impacts. I'm going to split any special two-hour ones up into two halves, just for continuity and time's sake. I know in the next couple of weeks we're also getting some crazy preemptions to uh, AEW because the NBA Finals. It really, really feels like WCW again because of that. Um, I will get everything watched. We will have everything that you want to see in this show. I will. I will absolutely do that for you. It's going to be crazy. But I love doing it. Also, should be up today is my Bound for Glory review on um, on our Patreon. If you're not a member, you can join for five dollars at uh, Patreon.com/slash/WrestleLikeRadio. You get all of our great shows every week. You get a Fretzelmania or Fave Five. You you'll get my show each month. You'll get um, shows with the Kings of the Ring. Shows with the with the Young Lions. It's a great deal if you love our content and you want more. Um, that all being said. 
I want to thank everybody for being here this week. Check me out on Twitter at MN underscore delight. Check me out uh, on TikTok if you really want to at MN underscore delight. I can't believe I just plugged my own TikTok, but yeah, sure. Why not? Check us all out at, at underscore wrestle on your social medias and we will see you around. Have a good week. Bye.